The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled, The Eulogy for the Entire 1972 Miami Dolphins Offensive Line. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode Welcome one. Welcome to the hallowed halls of Our Mother from Another Brother Church. Presented by Risco Bullet Pro for Business, brought to you by Risco Obsidian, as seen on Smile TV. I'd like to thank everyone for showing up for the funeral service of the entire 1972 Miami Dolphins offensive line, whether you're here with us in person or streaming live on Risco Plus. My name is St. Hickory Davis Delight, the local priest around these parts. You know, as we gather here to lay these large men to rest, I can't help but think that the Lord works in mysterious ways. After all, these are the undefeated 72 Dolphins, and I'm a lifelong fan of the team they defeated in the Super Bowl that fateful season, the Washington R-Words. But today, in the eyes of the Lord, we are not merely Dolphins, or merely R-Words, but football fans, united here on this blessed Sunday, grateful that this tragedy befell these gridiron heroes during the offseason. But that's enough for me. Let's hear from the teammates and family members who knew these gridiron greats the best. I have asked Eddie Anasarka, the son of one of the deceased greats of the gridiron, to read a poem he wrote on this mournful Sunday morning. Eddie? Um, thank you, Father uh, Davis Delight, for calling me up. Oh, that's Saint. That's Saint Davis Delight. A saint. Uh, thank you. I'm, my name is Annie, Eddie Anasarka. I'm the son of seven bucks. He was my half-father. Um, and I would just like to read something I wrote to honor their memory today. Oh, captain, my captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we saw is won. The port is near the bells. I hear the people all exulting while follow eyes, the steady keel, the vessel grim and daring, but oh, heart, heart, heart. Oh, the bleeding drops of red. Where on the deck my captain lies, fallen cold and dead. And I lost the rest of the page, but um, this pretty much is pretty much it. Uh, uh, Father, thank you. Um, Saint, but yes, yes, thank you for reading that. It was very touching. Now, we'd like to introduce a few other members of that legendary 72 team. Uh, how about we start with you, Slevin Garnett? How's it going? I hope you're uh, holding it together here on this extremely tragic day. I am. Uh, I am not. Uh, today's uh, one of the worst days in my life, for sure. Slevin Garnett. He was, uh, as many of you may know, he was born in Phil Helmuth, Kentucky, to his parents, Jake and Mike. Mike was his mom, who was a girl. <laughs> Slevin was the Kentucky State Player of the Year six times, which is how long kids in Kentucky have to go to high school. He was drafted first overall by the Dolphins in 1962 because at the Combine, they saw him punch a pig so hard that it exploded. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler, and the one year he wasn't was because he missed half the games because he got really lost in the woods. Now, uh, also here we've got Orlando Bloon. How are you hanging in All there, right. Orlando? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing very good, Santa Delight. Thank you very much. Um, I'm 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 doing fine. This is a this is a hallowed day, but I ha there's a lot of respect in the air, and I and I feel respectful. Now, Mr. Bloon was born in Chotaquiddick, Rhode Island, 
picked up football at the age of 26 while in jail for trying to do a casino heist that he called Ocean's One. Four-time Roundup Weed Killer Young Player of the Year in his late 30s. All-time record holder for closest one-to-one height-to-width ratio in NFL history. Ran for governor of Rhode Island four times while trying to pardon himself after his soup company lost a billion dollars of the state's money. He owns a drive through Sonic-style fancy Italian restaurant that is also a car dealership. And he drives the world's longest Buick, which is saying yeah. something. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Very. It's huge. Now, Melvin Macaroni, how are you hanging in there? I, you know, it's been a tough, it's been a tough time. You know, you just don't expect, you know, men well into their 80s, you know, to just go like this. I thought they had more time. You know, I, I just, you know, I'm not saying they're young, but like, you know, it's well, still it's sad. You know, what are it the is odds sad. that five linemen would die five days in a row? You know? it's, it's such a tragedy. You know, the first one, you know, the first guy that died, I was like, you know, okay. And, and then they just kept coming, you know, they kept coming. It, it, it's just a shame. Well, you know, I've heard that like hunting dogs who live their whole lives together, when one of them passes away, the other one will likely pass away soon after. And I could imagine there's something like that going on here. Yeah. It's the same thing with brother and sister cats as well. They'll die like that. And uncle and nephew cats as well. Yep. But um, Melvin Macaroni, I mean, he needs no introduction, but just for those who aren't aware, he was born in Mr. Dandy, Missouri. He was a three-sport star at Mr. Dandy Untechnical School, where he played football, baseball, and grab ass. He was drafted in 1972 by the Dolphins after scoring a perfect zero on the Wonderlic, deemed to be the most coachable score. He played 10 seasons in the NFL due to a paperwork mix-up. He now runs a restaurant in Mr. Dandy, Missouri called Macaroni Spaghetti. <laughs> Thank you for that good introduction. You know, these guys passing away and just just sitting here next to Slevin and Orlando, it's bringing back a lot of memories. I mean, everybody knows Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow. You guys are just amazing football players. You know, it was a pleasure playing alongside you. And, and you know, my heart aches at this time. It really does. Yeah, it was uh, the best years of my life were spent playing next to Orlando here. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I'll never forget my time with the world of tomorrow. Yeah, people come up to me all the time and they say, hey, the the world of tomorrow, how did you know that movie was going to be made? And I said, they copied us. They copied us. They we never saw a dime. We never saw a goddamn dime. That movie made 300 million domestic and and they and they shafted us, all right? They, they scammed us. And if I ever see one of those motherfuckers, I'm going to fucking break their fucking neck. If I if I see Jude Law ever, I broke my TV the other day because Sherlock was on, and I just punched. And you know, uh, it gets better in the next seasons. It does. Well, I'm I'm not trying to be a Dolphins hater here at this tragic moment, but I got to say you're not the only team to be ripped off like that. Like think about the Bears. You know, like the fridge. They started fucking naming a household appliance after him. He didn't see a dime of that. I guess I never thought of it that way. Uh, Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow. How'd you guys decide which one got which nickname? Uh, well, it's sort of the the nicknames were sort of thrust upon us because you see, I kind of patrolled. Uh, I was free safety. I patrolled the defensive backfield with th- sort of the authority and grace uh, of that of a, a captain of the sky. Yeah, and and I've been the world of tomorrow since I was like five. 
That was my nickname when I was like a little kid. I don't really know. I think it's Italian. It's where my my mother my mother started calling me it when I was five, uh, and and it just kind of clicked. I went to Thanksgiving. I used to go to Thanksgivings at his place, and everybody called him the World of Tomorrow. Nobody called him Orlando. You know, you get names when you're on the block. You know, these are the kind of things that when they respect you, they give you a name. And they knew when I was five that I was going to go on to great things. Mm-hmm. That's it's a little wordy for that. a nickname. Well, as you guys know, <laughs> Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow are my two godfathers. They're very close to my half father, yes. Seven Bucks. And I didn't know what the real names were till I was about 36 years old. Um, but I still, I still like to call them that myself. Thank you, thank, thank you, young you man. Th- you, you, we are happy to see the 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 good man that you've grown up into. Well, you'll always you'll always be uh you'll always be our little nickel because his name because his dad's name was Seven Bucks. So yeah, we we will always call you our little nickel no matter what. I love you guys. I didn't grow up to have my father's stature, but I don't think many people do. Oh, well. He's physically impossible. <laughs> I think. You know, y- you know, your father. You know, I. Seven Bucks was a great man, and and you know he, he was physically imposing. Uh, you know, I think most people here, I can see a lot of blushing going on in the room. Uh, knew about Seven Bucks' uh, famous endowment, uh, you know, between the legs, and you know what a be- what a good guy to have for a father. I'm sorry, half father. It was a half father. Oh yes, he was a twin, and him and his twin brother dated my mother. She didn't know who she was dating sometimes, and they didn't know that they were both dating her at the time, but... Yeah, they looked just alike, you know. So I don't really know who my, my dad is biologically. It's one of them, so I always called them both my half-fathers. You know, that happens that more than you would think with the twins dating the same person. That's sort of... I've joined three gyms in my life, and in each gym, there's been an instance of two twins dating the same person. Well, I, I don't like to talk about it. It's a bit embarrassing and... Especially now that he's deceased I think it's and it's his funeral, but my uncle six bucks he didn't have my dad's equipment, for lack of a better term. If you understand what I'm saying, you know I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that you know maybe father it was respectable. Uh, Hickory it was respectable. But he, six bucks well, out of five. For, six bucks out of five. You you seem like a cool priest, Father. Uh, I'm just gonna let you know. Seven bucks. He he. You know he's famous for having a huge penis. You can see kind of the casket here. That's why we're trying to stuff it down, and it won't like close all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's talking about. And I don't mean to be crass, and I don't want to you know discriminate or disrespect the dead or whatnot. But I feel like that's a compliment to me. To me, that's. I think many people who especially were fans of the '72 Dolphins knew. You can see the in his uniform. He he wore a bike helmet for a cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was uh that was common. We we had to we had to make like a separate locker room for his uh, for his cup. We yeah. he had like a whole equipment bag. There was a guy mm-hmm. who was responsible for getting different kinds of cup shaped implements. You know, we had a we had a kitchen set. At we one made point. rookies drink soup out of it. Yeah, we had a whole big that we would ladle. We would make gumbo, mm-hmm. and we would we make it in in his cup. Oh, I remember that soup. Soup. You guys were. You guys kept telling me it was snake soup and laughing. Yeah, make the rookies drink yeah. out yeah. of it. Well, you I thought it, it was Chinese, and I thought, well, I'm an open-minded guy. I'll drink some soup. I'm the rookie. You know, they get to do whatever they it's want. It's a with bit me. similar. That's how it was. Back similar then. to I how had to do what they say. Australians make each other drink a shoey, where they pour a beer into a shoe and drink out of it. Well, they would do that with the cup for the rookies. Oh, and they sometimes not cuppy. beer. 
you know, they they throw different stuff, different liquids at you just to to keep you on your toes. They they get port wine, you know, real thick red wine and make you drink mm-hmm. the whole thing. You know, sometimes I'd end up drinking one two bottles of wine before the game even started. It is uh, it is very very tragic though how he died. Just a horrible. I mean to be to be cleaning cleaning your gutter and fall off your your ladder like that and then fall into a, a patch of grubs and get slowly eaten by grubs in the tall grass. I mean, every man fears going out that way. And uh, well, that finally happened to Seven. You know, it's yeah, kind of like- funny that he's a twin because that's exactly how the Coors Light twins died too just this last year. You know, rest in peace to those Coors Light twins. I, I will remember that. I remember the commercials, you know, pretty well, uh, vividly, you know, I wasn't blessed with the same thing that, you know, seven bucks was blessed with, but you know, I am a red blooded man. I'll admit that. Well, I'm glad that we're all reminiscing about seven bucks, but I know Melvin, you had some prepared remarks you'd re- like to read to eulogize him. Uh, yes, I do. Um, uh, you know, it's a sad occasion. Um, but wow. You know, what can I say about seven bucks that hasn't already been said about a walrus, you know? He was very territorial. He didn't like to move around. And his penis, you know, did have a bone in it. It had a physical bone, much like a walrus. And, you know, I remember when I first met Seven Bucks, I remember the very first day, you know, he said that I was his rookie. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know what that meant. You know, he was a big, intimidating fella. I just kind of went along with what he said. You know, one day he had a really bad game. It was Demon Deacon Jones was the uh, opposing defensive end. And Deacon had just gotten the first LASIK surgery, you know. So back then, it was customary to play through your injuries. We all played through injuries. Uh, I love so De- playing through injuries. Oh, I so- love I hearing my bones myself on purpose. You know, cartilage. I got no cartilage. You know, even in my nose, it's barely there. But, uh, you know, Demon Deacon Jones is wearing these big black wide frame sunglasses the whole game, you know, because of the surgery. He's not seeing shit. He's pass rushing into the wrong area, going backwards, tackling guys in the stand. But, you know, it was a bad game for seven bucks because Deacon kept, I don't know how to say it, but Mr. Magooing his way around the field, you know, dodging seven bucks, chop blocks, gap blocks, etc. And, you know, he ended up with three sacks. So, uh, you know, seven bucks was pretty mad after the game. He tapped me on the shoulder and asked me to follow him out into the parking lot. You know, long story short, you know, he asked me to hit him with his car. And I did. I don't know if it was a penance thing or a training thing. But as I hit him, his huge penis flies out of his pants and shatters my headlight, you know. And that's what I'll always remember about him, that wild, disgusting story instead of anything at all about his personality or temperament. You know, it's a shame about the way he died getting ate by all those grubs in that grass, but, you know, it it seems fitting in a way. He died the way he lived, stupidly and with a huge penis. I remember remember the Mr. Magoo game. He, he, uh, He killed a ref. He, he mm-hmm. sacked the ref so hard that he knocked his head off. It was beautiful. It went flying into the stands. I remember that. People were trying to grab it like it was a football, not really knowing what it was yet, you know? Things got a little crazy after that a little bit, but, you know, everybody remembers that. It was a good game. You know, d- despite my own distaste for the Dolphins, I've always respected him for being the only player in NFL history whose penis was credited with half a sack. Oh, yeah, he tripped. I remember a guy stepped on it when he ran by him. 
Yeah, by the end of his career, he, he couldn't feel anything in his penis. All the nerves were shot, but that's just the kind of guy he was. That's you know? the kind it, of it guy Alex he left it all I can't feel line. anything in my penis either. Mm -mm. Yeah, my penis has been dead since probably like what, fucking the wreck. 90s? Like the late 90s? I mean, I, uh, back then, too, we, we all tackled leading with our heads. So I took a lot of shots to the penis. I took a lot of shots to the butt. Probably more so to the penis and butt than anywhere else, coincidentally. When I yeah, was, it was it was a low-tackle level league back in the day. Mm -hmm. You had to really, you hunted. You hunted the balls. You're like a wolf, you know. Mm -hmm. When I turned like a lion, they, when I turned 12, my father, he gave me a section of that ref C-spine, the one he killed. I never knew he had it, but... It's still on my mantle, and I, I look at it all the time. Sometimes I smell it, and it smells like a ref, I, a ref's bone. I sold, I sold my uh, my section of the spine. I, I pawned that for uh, $1,800. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, a yeah, lot of people was, don't know this, but that's why refs are dressed like zebras, because they're fair game, you know? everyone these, these guys out there, they're hunters. Like, if a ref gets in the way, that's, that's prey. You know, if they wanted to be protective, they'd probably wear orange vests. Or a helmet. That's true, especially if they're getting tackled by super strong blind guys. You know, I'd go out there with a cup and a helmet. But then again, you know, I, I'm not a ref, you know, and thank God, you know, because then my life would be essentially forfeit while I'm on a football field. That would kill you dead. Oh, I know. I see the look in your eyes. I can see it now. Mm. Yeah, I, I I got some refs at addresses I know, and I, I followed them around in my enormous Buick very inconspicuously. But one day they'll 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 know I'm following them. Many people, well, you, many people here don't know that the beginning, the intro, famous intro of a film with Bruce Willis called The Last Boy Scout, where a football player uh, pulls a gun out of his uniform. That actually happened on the 72 Dolphins, but it was pulled on a ref. It was one of you two. Well, it was legal it? that season. It was legal. It was and no one tomorrow, took advantage of it more yeah, than Miami. Yeah, I, I actually, they, they based that on me because I was actually the last ever Boy Scout. Uh, if, if I recall correctly, I think true. disbanded. It disbanded I so. after I after I went through it and got a a wood coffin badge, uh, and then I did I did I had I shot a ref. I did it to get in with the with the family in Providence. I, mm -hmm. I got I got made. He ripped that off night. one of oh, Frank Tarkenton's arms. It's a different time. They could yeah. still date cheerleaders then as well. Well, you could you could you could say all kinds of stuff to them. You could say like, "Hey, uh, I'm in the mob. I am a murderer." <laughs> You can't you can't go to the cops about this, but I I've killed several people, and isn't that nice? He said that he did say that. You know, I was a rookie at the time, so he would make me follow him holding a towel. You know, the towel wasn't for anything. He just said it made me look subservient. And yeah, he would sexually harass those cheerleaders for you know two four out you know a long time. Like like it doesn't sound like a lot, but try sexually harassing a person for two hours straight. You're gonna get tired. Yeah, in the, in the 67 Pro Bowl, he made four of them cry. We used to do drills. We used to do harassment drills until mm -hmm. we puked. Yep. Oh, you guys would practice on me in the locker room. I remember that. Uh, you know, I got introduced to the rat tail there in 1972. <laughs> and, you know, you guys would, you know, bring me to the, to you know, go take the shower first, you would say. And then, you know, we got some stories for you. They're rat tails. And at first I didn't get it until you started beating me. And, you know, mm -hmm. but three hours later, you I eat got a it. real rat's tail. Well, three players yeah, died always that year due to rat tails. Father, imagine giving last rites to someone who died from a locker room rat tail. You don't see that these days. Well, I've done it a number of times, honestly. Oh, wow, really? 
Yeah, it's it's still as prevalent as ever, you know. But the NFL is serious about doing something about it now. They claim they're working on technology to prevent rat tails. It's a new type of towel that won't allow you to rat tail people with it. Uh, did you gentlemen have any uh, eulogies you wrote for seven bucks? I I did not. Um, look, I got I got to be honest with you. Uh, I speak from the heart. Uh, I don't. I I haven't written a single word uh, since there was a particular game where. Um, I received a hit to the spot in the spine that I think that controls your hands, and, and I can't write anymore. Uh, oh, so, look at those things go, huh? Those hands are just dancing right there. Yeah, they, these these things are basically they're basically just barometers for where the wind is. That's that's <laughs> kind of their thing. Yeah, they're so limp. I wouldn't even have thought you just you have no, even no structure in them at all. Yeah, I, I kind of look like uh, I kind of look like the 1930s Frankenstein, you know, like I, I sometimes I walk around with my arms like fully out for whatever reason. You got and, the same um, blazer, too. Yeah, he's wearing the purple. They, they, I'm not saying he's wearing the purple blazer like a Frankenstein. Interesting. My father yeah, would have loved to be here today. Neck. I mean, he's still here. But well, yeah, think, yeah. But I would just like to think that. If he was alive right now and he was saying these eulogies with all of you for these other players, he'd whip it out for old time's sake. I got to uh, believe know, in the, I believe in my heart he would. I'm excited. You know, not to say excited because that's a little grim, but I'm excited for when we, when, you know, we do the proper burial to just try to get that thing under the dirt. You know, I think it's going to give people a lot of trouble. I'm looking forward to the hijinks it's going to cause. You know, you don't get a lot of good hijinks at a funeral. Yeah, I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. I, and that ice and that ground is frozen solid. I mean, we're going to have a hard, hard time, especially with all five caskets. Yeah. You just get a little hot water and mud mud will make it all congeal together. I'm not too worried about it. Right in the center of the football field, too. Perhaps That's we true. should move Dolphins, on to another gotta play tomorrow. They so got to play. They got to play very soon. Yeah. So we got to get in and get out. Yeah. Let's move on to Jim M. Burship. I don't know who wants to. To say the first words here, I I can uh, I can say that uh, I mean most people know Jim M. Burship um, for what happened to him after his playing days. He fell on hard times, uh, and and you've all seen uh, the viral uh, YouTube video, uh, worst deal or no deal run ever. Uh, and he really needed that money bad. I remember that. I remember that. He went on deal or no deal, and he was so excited. This was finally oh yeah, uh, the chance to turn his life around. And he just, I mean, the he blew it so hard. I mean, first case, a million dollars. Second case, $500,000. Third case, 400000 all the way down. And, he, and that's the kind of guy he was. I remember that. Howie started feeling so bad for him that when he would pick a case, Howie would sort of kind of try to subtly shake his head to kind of signal that he shouldn't. Um, but, you know, Jim, he never really understood nuance. No, but he so was, he was he, a fighter. He, he was a fighter, And he tried to fight Howie uh, because he thought that was sort of an act of aggression. Um, and uh, I remember that, yeah, he called Howie some names that you can't call people on TV. And he, he kept going and he got all the way down. Um, to the last two cases, and there were two left, and it was a penny and a dollar. And at this point, you know, you kind of have to see what's in your case, don't you? But uh, 
Jimmy. That's Jim for you. The bank called and they said, we'll give you 45 cents for your case. And he took the 45 cents. So get, and guess what was in his case? That was $1. a good deal, though. $1. I think that was a good chance. I think that was a good deal, though. That, that was a good decision at the end because there was a chance he could have got a penny. Right. It's it. You it's a walk vexing out of there with game. something, yeah. <laughs> it's a very vexing game. It doesn't seem game. like it has a lot of depth, but you know, it has a lot of depth if you mess up the whole time. It really so does the story have a lot of, of America. depth. And, you know, people, they actually invented it on the Silk Road. There used to be traders that would play that game on the Silk Road, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that evolved into the modern game that is now deal or no deal. It's very ancient. You know, uh, some people think, oh, well, what did he need the money anyway? He was some kind of big hot shot. NFL player, oh, but people no. don't realize back in the seventies you were working for minimum wage. That was like six dollars an hour. Top. He made twenty three thousand dollars during his playing career. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. You didn't Jim's get paid for like practice either. Jim's you got paid job. by the hour in games only. Yeah, Jim's Jim had two side jobs when he was uh, working in in on the seventy two Dolphins. He was the first ever Grubhub driver, and uh, when he wasn't doing that, he was flipping books from the library. So he would go to the library and he would he would steal a book and then he would sell it outside the library. Yeah, he called that a job. I always thought that was very interesting that, you know, I never thought of it that way. But I guess in that way that he described it, it is a job, you know. Well, Dan Marino yeah, was he, the uh, first uh, dolphin to even make a million dollars. And it had to be from what, like going on a seven up commercial or something? I don't know. I would leave during halftime to sell cotton candy up there. You know, we weren't making a lot back then. You know, I'm not complaining, but we weren't making a lot. You know, I remember after the deal or no deal thing, Jim called me and he didn't really elaborate or explain why. He just kept going, you know, I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. Like, bury me now because I'm dead. You know, he kept going on. I'd be like, what's the problem? Who's after me? And he's like, they're all after oh, me. Melvin, all Melvin, the bad Melvin, ones. What, you're drooling on your lapel mic. Watch out there. Oh, sorry. I didn't even know. It, you know, it, it just spills on. out. I know. It's okay. Let no, me just would, put a cod would, wad see, in my mouth. He would call me a lot. It. That's that's kind of, you now that you mentioned it, I used to love talking to him when he would call and say he was after me. I, it, was, it was so funny because it was, that's Jim. He would, everybody's always after him. So he would just call me and scream at me mm-hmm. over and over. And I would say, yeah, no, that's that's great. And it's so good to hear from you. And you are a great guy. And you were a good player. And it was so good to hear from him. I uh, don't know if anyone ever was after him, but. Uh, and now that I think about it, he would also call me a lot and tell me that people were following him. And I would say, yeah, Jimmy, you have 374 followers on Twitter. You're doing great, bud. Yeah. Um, but now that I think about it, maybe he was talking about something else. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? You know, you can never predict with these guys. And, you know, back then in 1972, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't have, you know, schizophrenia. You know, we didn't have, you know, paranoia. Those weren't words that were, you know, tossed around. You know, we just said, you know, Jim's unique, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I wrote a little something about him here, if you don't mind me uh, uh, reading it there, Pastor. Oh, please, that's why we're here. Uh, just wanted to say a, a story uh, that I had with Jim and uh, uh, kind of talk about, you know, his mindscape. I even feel like now most people remember Jim as that guy on Deal or No Deal who beefed it, you know, but... um. You know, Jim always kind of made a lot of bad decisions. 
Um, we all remember the last years of his life. You know, a lot of people say, you know, he sold his soul, you know, to that bald, you know, beaker looking motherfucker, you know, for 48 cents. And uh, instead, I want to kind of bring up uh, you know some of the good decisions and the smart things that Jim said to me. Um, it was my rookie year in 1972. We were undefeated. And uh, Jim just walks up to me one day and he kind of shoves me in the shoulder, which I was used to. That's kind of how I got treated around there. And he goes, Melvin, I want you to know that I buy over 1,000 lottery tickets a day so that I'm going to be the only one who wins from now. I think the earth is flat. I think eating shellfish makes you gay. And I guess what? These computer things are going nowhere. He said, uh, he continued, the government's wrong about sodium. It's really, really good for you. And my doctor says that I can have as much uh, sodium as I want. So he wasn't always dumb. You know, he said some smart things. I remember that and that was very smart at the time. So, you know, I just don't want people to kind of look at his, you know, I'm looking at his dead body now in the coffin and it kind of has like a dumb look on its face. And I think that would be a shame if people thought he was dumb because he really was, you know, of just, you know, mildly below average intelligence, maybe. And that's, that's pretty smart in the, in the, in the old days of the NFL, that was a uh, fewer in the league and, and you could you could spell the number three. You were Abraham Lincoln. You know that's yeah, kind of what let it was. You pick your own number if you could. If you could pick, if you could name a number, you could pick whatever number you wanted to wear in your jersey. Yeah, but most I most would tell play- people I was number dimph. <laughs> most most people couldn't name a number. That's right. I remember that. I think for one game, your number was a percentage sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At nine you kept trying to tell game. us that was dimph. <laughs> you know, perhaps it's perhaps it's time we move on to MC Monkey Do. Ah, yeah, great man, M- great the man. MC. Wait, do we do we remember how do we remember how Jim died before we move on? Any uh, anybody uh, remember what happened to Jim? Oh, I remember. Ah, uh, Jim. Well, we all know the CTE got Jim real bad in the end. Um, and one time I remember I was told he was at a gun range. Um, and for some reason, like a, like a, like a switch flipped, he, for some reason, suddenly thought that he was at his old uh, high school job, uh, shagging golf balls at the, at the driving range. Um, and so he went out there with, uh, with the mattress on his back, uh, and went and tried to shag the bullets and was immediately, um, taken down by a, a 50 cal sniper rifle. Oh, it was a kill shot. It's a kill was shot. A kill sh- but it was, it was a, actually several knew. kill shots. Yeah, almost like they were aiming for Almost him. like they were aiming. It was a firing squad uh, sort of situation. The mattress did not well, do why what did he thought he, it would do. I was just curious. Why I asked my dad this. Why did he paint a big red target on the back of that mattress? Well, he you said know, he it had was his uh, way. I think sort it was sort of just a death drive in Sumerian him. symbol. I think that was his number. That was his... I think that was his. He think thought he, that was his number. He thought that he was his well number. He might as well have had a kick me sign for a number. I mean, sorry. Well, for that laughing. was also his number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for he, about five seasons. He changed numbers well. when we uh, oh, when wow. we signed uh, when we signed uh, whatever the we name of our quarterback did. was. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's uh, Bob Greasy. Bob Bob Greasy. Greasy. Yeah. So he had to change his number from uh, Zug to Mobe. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think uh, you know for a brief time his number was just uh, uh, he said it was Tusk, he mm. was number Tusk. 
Yeah, but uh, who's to know why he did what he did? And, you know, I'm not blaming, you know, the four or five people that lit him up. I I have no hate in my heart for them at all. Uh, You know, it's just nature running its course, so to speak, you know. And and it was his time. That's what I have to, It's you know what? Yeah, it was an accident. Yeah, it was a tragedy. But it was was his time. It was. You know, I I only have so many minutes on my phone. And if he kept calling about who's, you know, I got, it's like, I got to talk to my, you know, my grandkids. Oh, yeah. At some point, you kind of had to stop answering the calls. Yeah. I mean, my phone rings so loud. Everybody Uh, gets so mad. You know, you can only listen to the chicken dance so many times. And that's kind of the problem I have with my phone. It just, I, you know, well, we we got you the cricket wireless. So it'd be simpler for you. But you just, all you do is just sit on it all day, talking on the phone to these, these two guys, which I think is great. We love because we love we love talking on. That. I know you and I like I like lonely. when he calls me and it plays and it plays that's amore at probably a hundred and fifty <laughs> decibels like it's a motorcycle <laughs> engine. <laughs> you can feel it vibrating in your pocket to the point where it causes a bruise on your old ass leg. <laughs> oh man, when I was living with my dad in his final years, taking helping take care of him, you guys would call him, and all the ringtones like. You guys would go on those lists like funnyringtones.gov and you get them one that says like, pick up the phone, motherfucker. And I would hear that at 3 a.m. like through the walls. I love those ringtones. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, he loved it, but it, it did it did give me some sleepless nights. But now I kind of miss them in hindsight. I remember I remember Jim's ringtone was uh, was the SNL uh, intro <laughs> sequence from like. I don't know the mid two thousands, sort of the and Bill he said Hader the names era. as well. It was yeah. no, they had him doing all the names <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Chris and, and they played her. the whole thing, the whole cast. Oh. It would always end with, ladies and gentlemen, the Fratellis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss Jim. Maybe we should go on to. to, yeah. to, to what do we have to say about MC Monkey? Do anyone want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can tell a story about old Monkey Do. Uh, so, you know, I had a close relationship with Monkey Do. Uh, you know, we were both on the D, you know, he was on the line. I was, you know, I was a linebacker. We had, you know, lockers right next to each other. I was the only rookie on the team in 72. So it was kind of my job to do a lot of dirty work. Uh, so one of my duties was to cover monkey do head to toe and calamine lotion before every single game. Well, it wasn't exactly calamine lotion. He's got other stuff in it that, you know, he kind of custom made it, but, uh, see monkey do love getting bit by insects. You know, he'd run through the swamp. He would eat cat food. You know, he'd get a bunch of raw meat under his fingernails, whatever. He would get powerful smells and stuff. He would put on these, he would order these aphrodisiacs out of magazines and put them all on his, you know, helmet and stuff. Uh, he said it gave him a competitive edge. I don't know. But then after all that, you know, he'd be doing his practice regimen where he covers himself and stinky stuff. And then after the game, you know, I'd have to cover him in monkey do secret stuff, which, you know, it was a combination of calamine lotion, gasoline, spicy brown mustard, and a little bit of acciote paste. He had all, so he'd be covered. He oh, had all ahead. kinds of, he, had all, he was a fighter, man. He was, mm. uh, some guys will just do anything to win. You know, some guys won't shower just to get an edge over the competition. And he took that to an unbelievably stinky degree. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy, he, wouldn't even he was brush good his too. Teeth. He would, he would, I remember he got the owners to, to build a bog next to the stadium and uh, he would lay in the bog for, for hours and hours. And when it came time for the linemen to come in, he would emerge from the bog covered in reeds and dragonflies. And uh, as soon as you try to 
try to tackle a guy covered in reeds and dragonflies, you know that you didn't have a shot of getting into QB. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he'd be covered in that stuff after the games. And he said, you know, I would have to put the, the lotion on him because he thought the bug bites were getting into his bloodstream, right? And making it in his brainstem. And they were making him think think like a bug, you know. So after the game, he's laid there for two, three hours. And the lotion mixture that I, you know, I would make for him would dry out and harden. So I'd have to hit it with a hammer to kind of bust him out of there. He'd look like he was in a big wax statue of himself. And I'd have to kind of rescue him after games. Well, one time I forgot I lotioned him up and he dried out and the stuff. And he was in there for over 14 hours. So I wake up in the middle of the night, like out of bed, remembering that I forgot him. I rush to the stadium. I smash his lotion sarcastic with a ball peen hammer and he spills out onto the floor all covered in weird fluid like Neo did when he was freed from the infamous Matrix and he looked about 10 years long younger and I'll never forget what Monkey Do said to me he looked up at me and he said Melvin my true name is Serafino and I'm a football angel that God sent to the wicked earth and I'll never die and you know what I'm looking at his big dumb corpse now and for the first time, I realized, you know, maybe he wasn't an actual angel. Maybe he was just overdosing on calamine lotion. But the point is, I spent the last 50 years thinking that he was a literal angel from heaven. Oh, yeah. He pulled yeah. the Serafino prank on a lot of rookies. Oh, yeah. He yeah. scared Larry Zonka half to death in 62. Oh, yeah. He had him. Actually, one one guy became a nun. One guy mm -hmm. got so spooked by <laughs> by the angel bit that he became a, a male nun. Yeah, not a priest, mind you. <laughs> A I nun. didn't even know that was a bit. I thought he was. I thought he was just another crazy guy. That's amazing. Oh well, I believed it. You know, I did. Well, one, I did. One time, Pete and my father had a sleepover on Thanksgiving. I don't know why, but <laughs> they were up all night watching movies and stuff, and eating candy and snacks, and um, going crazy wrestling. They did a thing where they'd put these sleeping bags over themselves, and they'd run at each other at full speed, trying to knock each other out. Um. They called it slugs. And uh, anyway, um, I remember when he came over that night, he had this weird facial hair. And I asked, I like, he went to the bathroom and I asked my dad, I said, what's, why, why does he have that beard? And my dad I was like, that's lichen. That's lichen, son. He's been growing it for months. And the next morning, he shed all of it and he looked 20 years younger. I don't know why he went through those cycles, but I thought he was an angel too. And it's a shame how he died, you know, it's a big shame, you know, you hate to see these things, and I don't want to spoil the funeral, well, you know, I guess you can't really spoil a funeral, but, uh, you know, he you know, it's, it's very unfortunate, that was one, you know, a lot of these guys, I saw how they died, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, but Monkey Do, you know, I, it just doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a, a bit of a black mock on the, on the 72 Dolphins, uh, yeah. On the 72 Dolphins legacy. I remember when I heard about that. Does someone want to open up about his, his final days? Well, when I heard Monkey Do died, I wasn't I wasn't sad because in my opinion, you know, he was living on borrowed time. I, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but one day it was uh two thousand and one. It was September thirteenth, I remember, it was two days after the incident. And he calls me because he's going, he's trying to get into competitive eating. He's trying to make some extra money. And he's uh, going to the peep eating competition, the national peep eating competition, you know, the Easter candy. <laughs> and I watch him 
I watch him eat 237 peeps in 20 minutes. And then I watch him keel over. And um, we, we took him to the hospital. And the doctor, he told me that because MC was was dunking the peeps into water before he ate them because I guess he had been watching the hot dog eating contest. They do that with the bread. And they do that with the bread so it goes down easy. He was doing that before he ate the peeps. Uh, but what monkey do, nor I, didn't know about peeps was if you dunk them in water, they uh, they expand like those dinosaur eggs that you buy at CVS. And um, 237 peeps expanding in your stomach at the same time can cause a lot of intestinal problems. And, um, you know, the doctor said his uh, heart popped like a zit. Like a zit. <laughs> That's and, what he um, said. You know, I thought that was inappropriate for a doctor to say, but he went out there and he said <laughs> it. It's almost like the heat death, the impending heat death of the, the universe, except with Easter. Well, I don't know anything about that, but yeah, his heart popped like a zit, and apparently he also told us that he smelled like shit when he died, mm. which it seems a little rude for a doctor, you know? Well, but, same was but, monkey do. That's very fitting, you yeah, know. That's, that's how we that, wanted to go. That's a little twinkle from on high, a little sign from above that the good Lord's watching us and that he remembers what we were when we walked this earth. Well, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. How about Marcus Ferelius? Does anyone want to say a few oh. words about him? Oh, wow. Marcus, it was what just do you sort of say a, about a, a guy big like question that? mark. <laughs> well, um, I got a story with uh, Marcus. Um, you know, Marcus was the first man to reach out for me after I got drafted by the Dolphins. So he calls me down. He says he wants me to come down to his house in Miami. And uh, that's right after Marcus did his uh, commercial for Ford Trucks where he killed that nerd with a truck. So, you know, I figured Marcus oh, yeah, the, lived the, in this. The vroom, vroom, suck it commercial. Mm, I remember that yeah. catchphrase. Everybody said vroom, it when vroom, they drove. Suck it. Yeah, Kid Rock had a song like, with that in it. You know, this guy saying, you know, well, you don't need a big car because, you know, the environment or whatever. And, you know, Marcus says, vroom, vroom, suck it and just smokes the guy. <laughs> you know, they didn't have special effects back then. So I know that I heard on set he had to hit the guy like seven, eight times. And that's not a lot for a big guy, but for a nerd, that'll just break you. You know, I heard the guy. You know who died, that nerd was? It was, was Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I figured Marcus lived in this crazy mansion. He was living in this two-bedroom place, like, in the suburbs, not even anywhere near the water, you know? He was, like, next to a car wash and a Hooters knockoff restaurant where the waitresses had abs and were mean to you. Uh, check cashing places. Not the place you expect to find a Pro Bowl tackle. So he meets me outside, invites me in. The only food or drink he has in the house is tepid water and stale bread. He said he wanted to give me a warning about all the hazing the rest of the team was planning for in 72. I don't think you two know this, but uh, he gave me the scoop on everything you guys were planning for me. Marcus. The fucking fucking rat. Fucking Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, he told me what you guys were doing. Oh my God. He sat me down and he listed it. He said the team had been writing letters back and forth you know about what kind of hazing stuff they were going to do to me that year he listed it all fart play ass stuff nut taps purple nurples black nurples red nurples he said that bob greasy was planning on crucifying me he actually bought a crucifix oh yeah uh, oh bobby's bobby's crucifix no, he built that he built that crucifix with his bare hands i remember that i didn't know he him built it he just said oh, he my, my dad helped him build it I, oh man! I think Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow did too. There's a I have oh, yeah. some old Polaroids. Oh, you guys were all gonna crucify. 
Yeah, well, we, we, had like, we, we had a whole like uh, thing where like the, you had to do the walk that Jesus yeah, did. We were, and we were going to stab oh. you with a spear. We were going to have people deny you and everything. Mm-hmm. They we were going to get another. We were getting another the, rookie to be Barabbas. They'd make yeah, a you mark know, in the, the same middle of the field the, up to the stands. The same way that the military pays for the flyovers, the church that year actually paid for the crucifixions, hoping it would be good uh, publicity for us. Yeah, we paid yeah, Bob Fosse to do, to do a dance time. number that we choreographed. Oh, yeah, we got Liza Minnelli. She mm-hmm. was going to do a thing when you died. Oh, mm-hmm. I love her. Wait, you were going to kill Who me? Who doesn't? Well, <laughs> you're God. supposed to come back to life you're after re- three days. Have you, you read know? the... Yeah, oh, you haven't okay. read the story. never read the good book. No harm, no foul. Uh, but he's, he gonna gave me on. the biggest scoop. He said Larry Sanka was going to fuck me. He said he wasn't going to do a bit either, that Larry Sanka was going to use me like I'm a lady and there's nothing I can do about it. So I said, well, Marcus, if you were me and you knew Larry Sanka was going to fuck you and you didn't have a choice, what would you do about it? And then he gave me uh, old iron here, my giant iron chastity belt. And I wore that the whole season. And I tell you what, Larry Sanka was so mad. But that's just the kind of nice guy Marcus was. Yeah, he I, he actually had that uh, that chastity belt because uh, you know he was he was kind of a ladies' man uh, before he before he uh, got that chastity belt on him. I uh, I remember I remember he used to be dating uh, Wilma Flintstone back in like the late late sixties. He was. He was a real jet-setting type before he kind of oh, got that's quieted when she down. Was, she was at her hottest. That was prime Wilma then. Wilma Flintstone also incredibly rude. Oh, she was, ah, uh, no respect. Absolutely. Filthy. She hated football. Filthy feet. Hated football. It's, it's, Filthy feet. It's uh, no surprise that she dated Rodney Dangerfield. She didn't respect him. Absolutely. That's no, right, those two right. deserve each other. Fucking bad. He let her know <laughs> that. He let her know. Don't you think Rodney didn't tell her? Well, he let Rodney her know. Was All of his jokes generous. are about Wilma Flintstone. Rodney was very generous to the team and my father, and he would come over um, to my father's famous sleepovers as well. And I mean, he would keep them laughing all night long. Mm hmm. He what? was a generous man. I mean, one time I remember Rodney, the team doctor, asked him for a urine sample, uh, urine sample, a stool sample, and a semen sample. And you know what? He gave the doctor his underwear and he left. That's just what a nice guy Rodney was. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're supposed days. to be eulogizing Marcus Ferelius. <laughs> But that's, yeah. a, that's a really funny story for this funeral. <laughs> Got a little sidetracked. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Rod. Rest in peace, Marcus. I mean, I it's can't help but notice this place is really cleared out. It's only us here now. <laughs> Good. Well, that is that is a bit of a bit of a kerfuff. We were going to need some extra arms yeah. to help us bury all five of these caskets. Yeah. You know, I, you know, my back's kind of gone. And, you the know, world you know, of tomorrow five can't of us here. I think we can go one yeah. man to a casket. We'll be good. Yeah, no. I was going to well, do we a just lot got of the one into the caskets. And I'm starting to get, I don't know if you guys can tell, but the later I stay up, the the more sleepy I get and the more confused my accent gets. Uh, and so I'm kind of running out of gas here as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe we want to wrap up uh, with those that fateful day for Marcus Ferelius. Yeah, well, you know the the life of chastity was uh, it turned out to I guess be the the correct path because he he got raptured. He was the only guy. I think he was the only one. I was I was in this. I've seen all the security videos, and he just disappeared. 
All that was I left was that a happened. triple XL polo shirt and the and the same kind of earring Barry Bonds wore. When I when that happened, I had to check my Bible. I was like, I thought the rapture was going to be for all of God's children, and I went actually back through there, and the passage actually says, "Hey, it might be just one. We're going to yeah, do the rapture. I mean, it might it, be it, just one." You know, nobody ever said that. Uh, it said the bog man will be raptured. That, you know, predest- that gr- predestination applies to this elected a guy, but they didn't say how few that people that could be. Yeah. It could have just been just a guy. That God's, you know, God's not graving on a grading on a curve, you know, it, it, you know, you either get it or you don't. He didn't like, you know, it, it wasn't like the top 20%. I always thought it'd be like the top 20%, but Marcus, you know, I got nothing bad to say about him. So makes sense to well, me you, if he was the only one that rapped. You should have a few bad You know, my wife, Elaine, her and I actually went to Clearwater, Florida for our honeymoon. Oh, congratulations. Um, it was always our dream. Are you married to Lane? I did. Damn. Actually, I did. <laughs> I bet that Jerry's got to be very upset. Yeah, well, this, is, <laughs> this is about 20 years ago. So Really? Uh, but they, do, they did have... You know, grudges last a while. They had Marcus's flip-flops encased um, in the Museum of God there in Clearwater. And um, it was very special to see that. That is wow. That's a very. I will. I have to make the Hajj to Clearwater yeah. and and pray <laughs> towards it. That's a very beautiful thing. Um, you know the 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 worst thing about going to Clearwater. Like I'll go to Clearwater and see it, and I'll pray at it, but I'm not doing it six times a day. You know, that's a little. We're getting into you know gym uh, membership territory there. Like I just you know I can only have so many you know you know social events in a day. You know, it's a little much. I, I got a well, question. Not to. It's a little bit much for your pacemaker, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I got, I got so one, one quick question. So we just, we didn't get a body for his uh, casket. We just got all of his clothes, mm-hmm. just like every article of clothing he ever owned. Like he's a pharaoh. Yeah, we're we're just bury, bury we just buried all the clothes in there, right? That's what we're doing? Yeah, that's what the Bible says to do. If you can't find the body, just put a bunch of their junk in there. Well, you, I, yeah, the clothing, their trinkets, or their... We had a home gym, so we had to put a bunch of weights. Yeah. Pots. If you could find any spit or blood or like anything that was kind of like I'm going to be quite honest. I was a bit surprised that Marcus owned a three-foot bong, but that's being buried too. He had a lot of quicksilver. He wore a lot of quicksilver. I wouldn't have expected him to wear so much quicksilver. Well, I mean, it, Tony Hawk are very close. I, I could have sworn wear. he told me once that he was going to leave me the jet ski in his will, but I guess it's going in here. Well, he'll never. No, I know he's this is cathartic to talk about. Well, he is going to know from the other side. He's probably looking down on us now. He was raptured. Yeah, he's probably looking down on us. He doesn't have anything better to do up there. It's heaven. It's so boring. Everything's fine, right? Now, you got to look down on earth where all the crazy shit's happening and gawk at it. How would you know you're not an actual saint? Well, I read the Bible enough, and actually I am a saint. I'm at least saint eligible when I die. Isn't everyone? Hmm. Have you seen how people live their lives? Mm. Yeah, I only know one guy that got raptured, so... Yeah. Yeah. Every every but, one of us left is as the ungodly and the unclean, and we mm. should walk this world like it's hell for the rest of our lives. That's about where I'm at um, philosophically, <laughs> but perhaps we should move on to Shemp Thunderbilt. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. This is this yeah, one still. This one. one's really kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. This is a little bit yeah. of fresh for us. You know, this was this was a reoccur. Were you guys talking to you know about the? Uh, you know, I don't know yeah. how to say this. Yeah. I don't want to say the name, but if I say a short normally, version. Normally, you could not say it in a church, but because this is how he died, it's okay to say it. 
Right. Well, I don't want to say the word, and it starts with an N, but if I call it the N-word, people will think it's something else. It's a different, yeah. It's a di- yeah, you should just say it, probably. Yeah, well, it's the necromancer. Let's get the, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm hoping the there's nobody else in the room. Also, I thought in my book, sp- the N-word is the Niners. In the same way that the R word is Washington. Wow, you really like football. You really like old timey football, huh? Yeah, this is a big day for you, huh, kid? <laughs> this is a big day for you. <laughs> you should seem more excited than you are. You like old timey football. Anyway, you know, so yeah, yeah, we, me and me and the world of tomorrow, we got a call from uh, from Jim's wife, uh, from from, uh, Shem, from Shem's, Shem's wife, wife. Bonica. <laughs> And she told us what he was doing. And we both with a B? we both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, Bonica with a B. Bonica with a B. <laughs> and we both called uh, Shimp, and we were saying the same thing. Well, so he told us that he had uh, he was he was always into like healthy living and like alternative lifestyles, and he joined like a healthy living organization that was run by the Necromancer. <laughs> And he would call us and he said, I think I'm going to go live with the Necromancer. And we were like, come on, man. No, dude, don't live with the Necromancer. Don't join the Necromancer, man. It was so and, like, clear. I, it, it was such a bad idea. You know, the guy had a bald head and he made it seem like that, like having a bald shaved head means you're like a smart or like a prophet or a wise guy. And I just, you know, Shemp, he could just have male pattern baldness. You know, you don't know what this guy gets into. I mean, he wore black tatted robes. Like he, he had like, he had like robes. This is in Malibu. It was uh, 95 degrees every day. Yeah. And he was wearing the black tatted. He looked like uh, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. You know, he like walked around like that. And he would constantly talk about how he would use the dead as his army. And we were like, what? I don't understand what part of this is healthy What's living. What's the appeal? Yeah. You know, I've seen Hamlet, so I'm cool with a guy goofing around with a skull. But a whole skeleton? Sorry, necromancer. I'm not on board with that. I don't like you walking around holding that skeleton. Give me the heebie-jeebies. And, it is, and the saddest thing about Shemp is, other than being uh, forced into hell by the necromancer... Is he's gonna kind of be remembered the same way um, as our dealer No Deal friend? Yeah, he, uh, sort of for his viral moment. Yeah, and because uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw it, we saw it. Was um, he was part of the 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 Lost Bar Rescue episode? Yeah, that was a big moment for him because he he opened a bar which which we all were very happy about, but it it fell on hard times and he had to go on bar rescue with John Taffer. Mm. And uh, and John Taffa uh, did not like Shemp. He actually, uh, uh, in a coincidence, he called him the, the real N word. And Shemp is white, which makes this crazy. Really wild stuff. So they Taffer, had, of course, it's not Taffer's mo. They had to pull it, but the bar was reopened. And you want to tell him? Well, in in a strange harbinger of things to come, he named it the Necromancer. Um, yeah. And it really I don't got know the necromancer's attention. Knew. It really he got that's kind of where it all began. It really got did the you, necromancer. Did you, well, the did necromancer you, watches bar did you, rescue. Any of you actually He's a big fan? Did any of you actually go to that bar within the month that it lasted? Yeah, it was I, horrifying. I did. It was, there was, black it was very bad. Added. The beer didn't taste good. The cocktails no, it was very, tasted. It was very dead. antiseptic. The, the the sort of the vibes were gone. The vibes were gone. It looked like your standard run of the mill like corporate bar, you know, like without a lot of lot a lot of like home character. But also, it was just called the Necromancer for some reason. 
Yeah, I thought, it, you know, when I was talking to Shemp about it, he made it sound like it was, uh, you know, what's it called? He made it sound like it's cyberpunk. And I said, what's cyberpunk? And he says, it's like you have cool haircuts and you wear black and you dance under bridges and stuff. And I see like, oh, that'd be a cool. And then I get to the bar. It just looks like a TGI Fridays, you know, not really anything worth mentioning. Yeah, it's almost as if it's almost as if uh, uh, Taffa himself was an unwitting sort of a stooge of the necromancer and he was recruiting another fallen soul for his his Which is ironic because he's of trying to help you, that Shemp. makes a lot of sense yeah Shemp was a three stooge not our Shemp but well that was like season what six of bar wrestling yeah, it was, it was, like, it was off the rails like for a while bars at that point. necromancer that year yeah yeah they were like all in Vegas <laughs> yeah. and they were all ne- yeah and for some reason it's Taffer like, oh, shaved I what head gonna he was bald for that year his eyebrows too. <laughs> well, you know the weirdest. And we've all said a lot of weird things about John Taffer, but I think the weirdest thing he did that season was get that surgery to make his tongue into two tongues, so it's forked <laughs> at the end. You know, I thought that was the weirdest thing he did. That it was season. that and the Hellraiser needles that, yeah. that poked out of his all <laughs> all the sides of his head. A lot of there's no like the the internet was scrubbed. Like he paid like big companies to scrub all of that. But you can still get a lot of the dark some web. Men in Black stuff because Shemp said he didn't remember it right before he go. I think he got one of those Men in Black pens. You know those vape pens that the Men in Black would shine in front of a guy's face to make him remember stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been well, trying to find year, one of those Taffer for years. Yeah, they banned those at our smoke shops. <laughs> 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 fucking communist. God damn. <laughs> And then the next yeah, season, fucking- don't you know John Taffer is dating a 20-year-old? He's pretending that none of that ever happened. He's posting pictures in like Barbados. Yeah, as long as those Hellraiser needles are out. I don't know if that's much you can do about the tongue, but if you take the needles out, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> now, I know this is a place of God, but I do feel we have to discuss what happened to him at the end. Yeah, well, <sighs> that's that's the issue. So we we, we worry that that he's well he's not in there right yeah we we've been kind of confused about that all day we 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 look i i opened the casket and i know you're not supposed to do that but <laughs> but we did it for everyone it was glowing and i looked in the mall too it bonica asked us to because it was glowing <laughs> and there was a green ooze mm-hmm. that's it just a green ooze and it makes me wonder <laughs> Whether that we might not be in the presence of the necromancer. <laughs> you know, he could be here. That's a good point. He could be here. He could be well, the Was there ever a I'm sorry. I'm gonna be so I'm sorry. Much well, now that I think about, about father, it, um Seven Bucks never had a half son. <laughs> Melvin the, Orlando yeah. Slevin, do, do you know if there was a like a phylactery? A what you know, now? I heard a rumors. Hmm? I heard rumors that, you know, the necromancer did have a phylactery. You know, I, I, I heard he carried around a Nature Valley bar. You know, some people said that was the phylactery. But then oh, I saw did he me- never eat? Was he ever seen eating well, no, one? No, I saw did he never eat it. I got to ask you, Father, is it customary at every funeral that you have to name how the person died <laughs> in the funeral? <laughs> well, yeah, because people get curious, right? It wouldn't be fair to the people streaming this at home <laughs> to be like, oh, I guess this guy yeah. died. I don't know how, you know, people yeah. want to know those details. Those, those That's true. Details. I did. I did want to know. I was curious, you know, and, you know. 
I want to report but back to Bonica that I gotta it was say, done tastefully. I, I, I'm getting a little bit antsy here because if the big man upstairs, and by that I mean God, I don't know how religious you guys are, but I mean God when I say that. Uh, I thought you were talking if, about the necromancer. No, see, I'm not talking about him. I'm definitely not talking about the necromancer. I think that the big man God might be a little bit peeved if he finds out that the necromancer was allowed into a house owned by God. So maybe we ought to start thinking about pushing these caskets. Well, we got to get to the over field. there to Hard Rock Stadium. We got to get to Hard Rock Stadium. We're where like the, nineteen where the dolphins miles away. Play. Yeah, I, this is a long. I, I, we have a long. Well, what did Jesus do? remember? What did Jesus do when he saw that crucifix? He didn't say, "Oh, I don't want to get crucified on that." He said, "I'm going to put it on my back and haul it around." Yeah, but so there wasn't five crucifixes. crucifixes. Should have got a chastity belt. Well, Padre, I, I mean, everyone left. These three are in wheelchairs. Um, I sent out a text to my softball beer league. Um, so a few of the fellas should be coming over to help us out. Can and, we, can uh, we just, I, like, already, um, we moved, we already moved the 500 beers that you guys requested for the service to the field. So can we, can I just point one thing out real quick, even though, you know, we dug one big hole to bury them all in. It's not a mass grave. It's, yeah, we can't make that clear enough. Yeah, that's it's not a mass grave. It's They're a very all respectful. No, it's I, a time say. It's a respectful yeah, time. Yeah, saver. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're not. We don't know whether how we're gonna arrange them in there. We there's a lot of difference. Yeah. If I'm being yeah, I are we gonna do the like term a sort mass of grave is so unfriendly like a Jenga situation. These five were so close with each other from from playing on that line together so long. It's not a mass grave as with all your friends, right? Yeah, right, right. Hanging, hanging out. out. Yeah, well, I don't. Just okay. It's like a big dog you know, pile getting buried with all of your army buddies in some spot where you didn't live all yeah. together. When it's a, a ball comes thing. loose and all the guys, yeah, in a dog pile, that's just like a mass grave, I guess you could say. But it's a fun one. And like, look, we're, we we'll get it mostly buried. Yeah. Like the game starts tomorrow. You have to dodge a corner of a casket. Big whoop. We dodged worse. <laughs> I remember. I, I stepped on a big rusty hook. I remember I stepped on a mine. I stepped on a landmine once during a game. And you I froze. We and then I had your ankle. It on the because we couldn't do substitutions in the middle of the play. Yeah, no. I we, had to disarm it. Yeah, we were we were playing uh we were playing an exhibition game over at, at the where the Battle of the Bulge was fought. And uh yeah, I stepped on a mine and and you don't hear me complaining about it. So well, uh, I, I just I just had a quick conversation with God. And he was telling me that these caskets aren't really that important. <laughs> what if we just oh, call an Uber? What if we call an Uber and we just throw these guys' bodies in the back of the Uber? He drives them over to the stadium and we just plop them in the hole. That's good. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. yeah we're in yeah. Miami. He's gonna do it. Let's just get. Bonica let's just get like a, a water bottle for the ooze and two uh, two of Marcus's shirts. Um, yeah, that's enough. M MC, we I think we can leave him here. Um, Put a towel down. He's fine. Uh, seven can go on my lap. And uh, Jim, uh, well, he he kind of blew up. He's a little too big. So um, I can I, sketch. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we could. We'll leave one. We'll come back for him. Yeah. And then two shirts and the ooze water bottle. And also well, we I can got, have finish it up after the game tomorrow. I could. We could all play on my Land Rover. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, let's hop in there. I'm just going to say a quick prayer to end the ceremony. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for all the stuff you gave us, all the stuff we said about these guys. Great time. Uh, hope Washington does better this season. Um, you know, thanks again, God. Um, uh, uh, oh, man, I'm really, I'm really slipping up here. But God, you know how I feel about you. I don't need to say much else. These guys love you too. Goodbye.
Goodbye, God.